Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time now for a moment on the lighter side, and today we welcome back Dr. Luke for the final episode of our series. And Dr. Luke, Holy Week exclusives. That's what we're talking about, his exclusives. I've enjoyed our time together, Mr. Duncan. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yesterday, we marked the end of Holy Week with the celebration of Easter. What unique details do you have to share with us about that morning? Well, well, much as we did with Monday Thursday, I, I, I'd like to start with the thing I have in common with the other gospel witnesses, uh, Matthew, Mark, and, and John. Oh, that worked out well last week, so let's begin there. Admittedly, there are a lot of differences in the details. Uh, uh, Mark, for example, only mentions one young man at the tomb. Uh, I, on the other hand, mentioned two men in, in dazzling apparel. Uh, John says Mary Magdalene went down to the tomb that morning. Uh, I mentioned that it was not only Mary Magdalene, but also Joanna, uh, Mary, the mother of James, and, and other women were there. Such differences are not surprising to me, though. None of these details contradict. And this is exactly the kind of differences you would expect when you have those multiple witnesses and the same event. As we talked about last, this actually establishes your veracity. For what? Veracity. That's what you recorded was not a concocted story, but the truth. Oh, oh, that's what ver- ver- veracity means. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a certain part of my anatomy, and I wondered what does that have to do with anything. But, but yes, I was very voracious. <laughs> uh, uh, but the remarkable thing is, is for all these differences, we all agreed on these two things. Whoever it was that went down to the tomb, they found it empty. And whether there was one or two angels, their message was the same. He is not here. He is risen. Now, why would that be remarkable, Dr. Luke? After all, it is Easter, the day Jesus rose from the dead. But but that was exactly the issue of controversies that morning. But I'll read, if you would, something unique. Now, this is unique from my gospel, Luke 24, verse 11. Okay. The woman told these things to the apostle, but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. You see, even the chosen 11 didn't believe he was raised. Uh, The first person on the site, Mary Magdalene, uh, she didn't believe either. Uh, She was so convinced that someone had stolen the body that even when she saw Jesus with her own eyes, she thought he was the, the cemetery gardener and wondered if he'd moved Jesus' body. Yet despite all this controversy, in the end, all the witnesses agree that the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen from the grave. So what you're saying is that Jesus' resurrection is not some theological myth or even church tradition, but it is historical fact. Uh, Exactly, Mr. Duncan. As required by Jewish law, it was a fact verified by two or or three or, or in this case, even hundreds of witnesses. No question about its... what was that word again? Veracity? Veracity, yes. If that's true, Dr. Luke, what unique details do you add to this historical event? Well, now, now remember, I had an advantage over the other witnesses. Uh, they could only confirm what they had either seen or heard that day. I, on the other hand, had the benefit of uh, coming in later and interviewing them all. I talked to John, Peter, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and, and the other women. It was one of these other women who mentioned something about the angel's message. Uh, the other gospel accounts left out. Now, here's something more unique. Read, if you would, Luke 24, verse 5. Okay. 
And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Oh, I like that added detail. Why is that, Mr. Duncan? Well, you know, because I often feel that what's going on in my life, I seem to be looking for living among the dead. Well, what what do you mean? Well, when I look back at what I spent my life on, I realize none of it really makes any difference. It doesn't really change much. It, it certainly hasn't added even a day to my life. Could I give you just a trivial example? Well, well you got me interested. Go, go right ahead. Okay, now last year, I devoted a lot of time following the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team. I went to a bunch of games and listened to them on TV and on the radio. I was excited that they made it to the playoffs, and yet they were knocked out in just one game, losing to the Dodgers in the National League in the wild card matchup. It was like looking for the living amongst the dead. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Duncan, at least you're not a Cubs fan. <laughs> they have to put up with that kind of disappointment every year. But, but are you saying that it, it, it's wrong to be following the St. Louis Cardinals? No, no, not at all. In fact, with this being uh, the return of Albert Pujols, I'm hoping to take it all this year. We all have our different interests, pursuits, and hobbies. We all have our jobs and our family responsibilities. Nothing wrong with doing any of these things, but maybe sometimes we get too wrapped up in these things, thinking I'm going to go and find life in these things, something that will truly satisfy me, something permanent and lasting. But of course, I never do. Oh, sorry, Dr. Luke, I didn't mean to take up most of this interview. Oh, well, not a problem. You know, no, we gospel writers, we, we love it when people take our words and apply them to their lives. Uh, you, you know, you're right. We, we all spend a lot of effort trying to find life and things that ultimately only bring death. But, but that's the whole point of that angel's message. There's only one thing in which you'll find life. There, there's only one person who gives life, uh, Jesus Christ. But I must confess that is one thing I envy about you. I know Jesus is the only way, truth, and life, but how exciting it must have been for you to actually see his hands, his feet, and his side, the very body resurrected from the dead. Oh, 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 hold your horses there, Mr. Duncan. Uh, remember, I didn't get to see any such thing. Remember, I was a Johnny-come-lately. I only talked to people who saw such things. And even those people didn't get to see that much. You know, Jesus' resurrection appearances were not as frequent as you might think. And he only appeared for 40 days before he bodily ascended into heaven. I got that story written someplace, too. Uh, indeed, he only stuck around just long enough so people would know his resurrection was not some delusion or, or mass hysteria. Uh, once the historicity of his resurrection had been established, why, he bamboosed. So how are we supposed to find the living one in our life when he's not even here? Well, uh, that was a situation that all of the disciples ultimately had to face. Uh, and the answer to where you can find the living one was actually, again, given by the angels that first Easter morning. Uh, read again from my gospel, Luke 24, verses 6 through 8. Okay. And the angel said... Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. Remembered his words. Now, now that's where you find the living one today. You'll find him wherever his words are. As Jesus promised, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
But which brings me to one other story about the resurrection that's worth mentioning. And what's that, Dr. Luke? Well, it's what happened in a locked room on Easter night. Read, if you would, again, Luke 24, verse 36. Okay. And they were talking about these things. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Uh, the things they were talking about were the things they couldn't believe, that Jesus was really raised from the dead. And even when they saw him with their own eyes, they still didn't believe. They thought he was a ghost. But here's the point I want to make. Many people have speculated, how did Jesus get into that locked room? Did he pass through the wall like Casper, the friendly ghost? Maybe he slid underneath the door. But don't you see what I said is he stood. He stood among them. That is, he was there all along. They couldn't see him. I think if you check out the Apostle John's account, you'll see the same thing. Jesus was always with us. It's just that we weren't always aware he was there. And I understand that Jesus is always with us as well. After all, that's what he promised. I will be with you until the end of the age. But it would be nice if we could see him once in a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, you think so. Uh, but it's not what Jesus taught. If I might borrow a unique statement from one of my gospel partners, uh, the Apostle John, according to him, Jesus said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, you know, uh, John, John, he realized that the church was at a crossroad. As I said, much of the church, including myself, had never seen the resurrected Jesus. It didn't matter much at the time because, you know, there, were, there was plenty who had. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 had listed over 500 witnesses, most of whom were still living. But the apostle John, you know, he would be the last man standing. He realized that when he died, the last of the eyewitnesses would be gone. And he just wanted to assure the church that even if you can't see Jesus, he's still going to be with us. Indeed, you know, we have a faith more blessed than those who did see him. In fact, John affirms what those angels said Easter morning, and we just need to remember the words of Jesus. He goes on in his gospel to say, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Eh, doggies. <laughs> you know, I affirm that same truth in my gospel. Here's a quote. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You see, as long as we've got the words of Jesus, Jesus will be with us here and eternally. Dr. Luke, thanks so much for all that you've shared with us over these past few weeks. Well, you know, it's been my privilege. Although, you know, it's too bad I wasn't able to help you with your male pattern baldness, hey, you know? Hey, hey. <laughs> now, remember, we agreed no more attempts to restore my hair. But, but Mr. Duncan, I got all these wonderful cures. It, it seems such a shame to let them go to waste. You know, I just thought of something. You know, someone who might... Use your help. I've noticed that yeah. Pastor Lakomsky has a receding hairline, uh, and uh, I realize he's not bald, but wouldn't it be better to address the issues with him before it goes too far? 
Oh, uh, that's a great idea. Preventative medicine is always better than a cure. Well, as soon as we get off the air here, I'll, I'll give you his phone number and his address. Oh, thanks for the referral, Mr. Duncan. Uh, shall I tell him you sent me? Oh, oh no, no, don't do that. I wouldn't want to take any credit for it or nothing, you know. I'll just keep it our little secret. You do the same, okay? Okay. And by the way, Dr. Luke, Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for being on the program. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org.